0: Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today we have on the show a sculptor, a visionary, a man who has mastered the gift of sight beyond sight, a humble brother who understands energy and the power of showing love. He can read your potential in people and unlock the greatness. A director, a a cinematographer, an editor, owner of Prestige Filmworks, Mr. Alex Acosta.
1: I've never had an intro like that, by the way. So uh, beautiful intro, beautiful intro. What's going on, brother?
0: Hey, man, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: I cannot complain, but I do always want to start off by saying thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Again, the intro, hell of an intro. And uh, I love love, uh, the cause that you got going on for the show and definitely want to be a part of it.
0: Hey man, we appreciate you spending some time with us today and we hope you're ready to answer these questions. Drop them gems. Let's get it. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you?
1: Man, that's that's actually, as simple as it might sound, that's a great question. I um, didn't grow up with a father. Uh, my mom was my father figure. Uh, my older brother kind of lived in that situation. Me being a director, Came in late because I played basketball prior to that. So I didn't have like no director looking up to. Um, I don't I, I, don't really have that one figure, but I would just say life. I was just a, a person that looked at everybody's uh, traumas, good and bad. I looked at everybody's experiences and was like, okay, don't do that. Okay, do that. And I'm a simple guy. One plus one equals two. I'm going to do that every time. I don't go against the odds. I don't have to see three or four people do the opposite for me to go here. Yeah, nope. So I don't really have an answer to that. I would just say life. Life is a, a person. Life,
0: life is a great answer. It seems like you were in a little bit of survival mode for, for life to happen. Let me yes. follow up by asking you this. Those gems that you got from watching other lives, can you drop two of those on us? Something that you saw that you said, you know, one plus one equals two. And I know I can't go through with that. Um, Growing up,
1: and uh, not that just because I'm from New York saying growing up in the hood, but growing up in my hood, you pretty much see everything, you, everything you could think of. So of course in my family, I've had the crackheads, I had the drug dealers, the murderers. So I didn't have to go far to see much. You know what I mean, my family was the bad family of your family says, Hey, don't hang out with those people. That was my family. Like the ones that don't hang out with. So as my aunt was babysitting me, they were the ones sniffing. They was the ones shooting up. Like I'm seeing this in the eighties in real life. You know what I mean? So, I didn't have to go far to see what not to do. But one of my aunts in particular, she was an alcoholic. So to see what trauma came from that, to see when certain cops came at certain times of night or my other aunt was a, a, a crackhead and to see the things she did with that, was like, whoa, I'm not doing that. And I mean, my uncle serving 23 years in jail, when he finally came home, he was just one of those like, yo, what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? You don't want to be like me. So looking at my family was just like, okay, yeah, I'm all right. I'm going to go this path.
0: How early did you start goal setting?
1: I didn't realize I was goal setting until my mid teenage years. And what I mean by that was in middle school, uh, we had our yearbook, year, yearbooks. And then um, obviously, you go to high school, you get your yearbooks and everything. But in my middle school, my yearbook in middle school was most likely to succeed in class leader. So that's from sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. All my friends who were with me, it was always like, oh, we don't got money. Uh, how are we going to get pizza? How are we going to get a Snapple? And it was always like, okay, look, this is how we're going to figure it out. This is how we're doing. Since a young kid, I was always putting things into motion to make sure the next step happened for whoever was in my circle. And if it was by myself, it was the same way. So not understanding. And even as a kid, my mind was already scoped in to say, okay, if this is the things that we want and need at the time, how do we get the next step to make sure this happens? So, as a middle schooler, seeing all this and realizing that the power you have in just a a second of a thought, you know what I mean? Let's just think a little longer before we act on something. That was the, the leadership role right there when I realized that.
0: Thinking a little longer and understanding the consequences is very important.
1: Yes, especially in our neighborhoods. I think we think too quick. We act off impulse. More, all right, like, quick thing on this. There's more white people in jail in the United States than Blacks, right? But Blacks is the most reoccurring they go to jail. So when you look at the blacks and white, the ratio of it, we act off impulse. So the club, quick fighting, somebody steps on you, somebody looks at you, it's quick fighting where whites is more white collar crime or more thought out stuff that's going on. So we don't think enough, we act. And as we act, those decisions come back to bite us in the back, because we we just act too quick.
0: Acting too quick. Do you have a vision board?
1: Uh, If I could... um. Can I take this off? How do you, how do you, Um. oh yeah, I think we do this. This might be the easiest thing to see real quick. But one of my vision boards, I have a couple of things right here to show, a couple of numbers. Uh, over here is equipment, uh, 15,000 here. Another computer upgrade, 3,500. Another gimbal that I need, 1,500. And another smaller camera I wanna get that the price haven't uh, came out yet. But uh, let's see right here, some of my equipment here. I actually got to set up, I just bought some stuff today. So some other stuff to knock off that list. Um, so yeah, you can say that's one of my four vision boards that I have.
0: Yeah. Four vision boards. Now let, let's dive into that a little bit. Can you give us one apex that you achieved and one apex that you're still chasing right now? And let us know how.
1: I just showed you my light, right? I wanted to, um, not just get this one light set up. I wanted to get this five kit light set up that I knew eventually if I pasted out throughout the year... It was going to cost in the X amount or high thousands range and I was like man let me just knock this all out get it out the way and just wor- not worry about that all right cool so that's out the way now I wanted to upgrade my camera systems so in one vision board is kind of like all right what's your miscellaneous stuff that you would like and then you would like, not just like, but you would need for your company that's going to take you there. And then what's your vision board on this side that you absolutely need to take you here? This is okay if extra money's there, but this is you absolutely need. Mm-hmm. So the pretty much done to absolutely is about halfway done. So um, I definitely need these two new cameras that I'm trying to get. So, yeah.
0: I love the fact that you have four different vision boards and you just broke down that you need to have necessity and want. On two different vision boards. Many of us put it all on one vision board and don't realize how much it adds up.
1: Yeah, and not just add up too, is also unrealistic. I think we um off anything, not just that, but let's say relationships, life, anything, I think we put too much high expectations on things that we see in front of us, being that it's not realistic. Like growing up, you always heard at jobs. What's your five-year plan what's your two-year plan no we need to be taught what's your month plan what's your two-month plan what's your three-month plan because it's more realistic to knock something out in real time to be motivated if you give yourself a 30-day plan and you executed it it's like okay i did that let me go do for a 60 let me do a 90. five-year plan you're not worried about that in the next two three months that you wrote because you're thinking like oh if it's to lose weight for example Oh, I'll I'll do it next summer. Oh, I'll do it next summer because you still got four summers to go. No, give yourself short terms, realistic things and be realistic with yourself.
0: That's an amazing analogy. When you speak of the goals you've obtained, it sounds like you had to add financial literacy to your life. Can you give us some gems on financial literacy today?
1: Add it up. Add it up. (laughs) Add it
0: up.
1: (laughs) It don't matter do it don't matter what field you in, not to say it's gonna drive you broke, but if it doesn't drive you broke, you're not thinking big enough because mm-hmm. it's going to drive you broke. Whether if you're buying equipment, investing into this or helping somebody out here, whether it's stop, anything you do, it's going to be a dangerous zone. Danger zone meaning like if you're down, if you only have a thousand dollars and you have to spend 920, 930, 950, it might be time. That's your danger zone. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. If it's just had throwing a couple dollars, throwing hand there, and I'm being nice, saying a thousand dollars in my field, because it's it's way, way beyond that. But just you pretty much got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, because there is no, oh, I got the round amount of money, or oh, I, I for sure got enough money. No, you got enough money for the task at hand that day, probably so. But there's going to be a million other tasks that. You have to be mentally and finan- and physically ready to do- take care of this financial burdens.
0: Okay. We talking financial burdens, we talking hardships, but I want to know that what was your sacrifice? What did you sacrifice to get where you are in your career and financial literacy? But outside of financial literacy, what did you sacrifice to become this Alex?
1: I sacrificed something that I, that I find hard to tell people I would never recommend. My family, my life because um, when people say, all I do is work, I breathe this, whatever this, a lot of that sounds good. You know what I mean? Prior to this too, I played basketball five years overseas. So for 15 years, literally have been on the road. I've hardly slept more in Airbnbs and hotels than my actual house in the last 15 years. So how many birthday parties, how many Christmases, how many Thanksgivings, all that i missed being on the road. Now, the, the plus side of it is, look at all that I gained. But my nieces and nephews, I'm not there for their photos. I'm not there for their games. I'm not there for those what, what parents consider those, those cherishable moments. I get photos and videos sent for me. Thank God for, for FaceTime now. Look how we're talking now through Zoom and everything, that which has been a great thing. But also the physical touch and love of having family and being there, which I'm a big family person. I've missed all that, but I've accepted it. I am who I am. I get it, but the sacrifice of that—not many are ready for that. They say they're ready for the road, but until you're on that road and miss multiple things and, and understand that year after year you're just not there anymore, kind of—that's the sacrifice.
0: How important it is how important is it to leave where you're from to develop where you're going?
1: I think everybody has to do it to some to some degree. Um, I think we all face the the let's say for whatever field let's say the classic just in the states let's say the meccas of clothing music and certain things might be new york might be la you got miami um if you're in those cities obviously it's a big plus but also even for some people from those cities have to leave those cities because i think in any field especially in our culture it does come down to this weird thing that you're not appreciated in your own city the same way you'll be appreciated elsewhere for what you do at times depending what you do that's not the case in all in all situations but i think you have to step out your boundaries to again get gotta get uncomfortable with um, being uncomfortable
0: get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable is something that i'm hearing a lot more and people are challenging themselves that's the only way you develop undeveloped muscle hey look
1: at that hove but yeah that's the, <laughs> that's the only way and, and i think the the reason we're hearing it more is because we're not to say disrespecting our parents but if you look at our generation of our parents down they always taught you to be safe so your mother and father will be happy with a minimal job it's not to say they don't want you to exceed but they want they they just want a nest of you to be safe we're the generation to say no we're breaking the safe mode we're gonna go travel we're gonna go live we're gonna go do this you're in, you're in Abu Dhabi, right? You're on the other side of the world. You know what I mean? Your family growing up probably never thought like, oh, yeah, you're going to be over here. We don't mind you there. No, they want you to be right down the street if they could. <laughs> so you have that leap and you have to be the one to break that generational Not to say curse, but just that generational comfort. You have to be You have to be the one to break it.
0: You got to break that generational comfort. I like the way you put that. Talk to mm-hmm. me about mentorship and fatherhood.
1: Um, I'm not a parent, but uh, definitely want some kids. But as far as mentorship, I think it goes without saying, we all need it to some degree. Not even to some degree. I don't care who you are. Jay-Z talks to Warren Buffett. Jay-Z in the hood to us is God. And at the end of the day, he still looks up and cherishes Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And not necessarily just for the value of money, but the value of knowledge. I think knowledge is more powerful than anything in this world. And the the more we have it, the more we seek it, the more we understand that we do need it. Compared to, you got a younger mind person that still thinks that, oh, this person has more money than this person, they know more, they do more. No, just at that day, that particular time, they have more money, but the value is really in here. So that mentorship really breaks that down. What are you going towards? What is it that your career is? If you have somebody who's already in that career or just has common knowledge of it, that helps. Or you might have somebody who doesn't know nothing about your career, but just has life common sense. We all need that mentorship for
0: that. We are, each other's libraries. And I think a lot of people forget that. Even the the older libraries, the older people have the most diction and most content we have to get from them. Because sometimes your library may read the same and we repeat the same things in history and the same mistakes Mm. for no reason at all. Safe zone. Safe zone. (laughs) Talk to me about when you're mentoring someone what kind of gems do you give them like basic gems that you follow to yourself? You can let us behind the, behind the door, behind the closet, something affirmations. You tell yourself because the business that you live in sometimes can be shaky and you don't really stand on solid ground with a lot of things. Some of its faith based driven and hope driven. A lot of people don't get it. And you, and, and we talking about from your own energy is driven. What mm-hmm. kind of affirmations are you telling yourself for the people that need to hear something today?
1: Stay firm. I've always I've always stood stood firm on things. Of course, um be lenient towards other things. But the number one thing I tell people outside of staying firm and I, I tell some of the people that I mentor and everything, you're gonna have to break rules. And and don't again, the whole comfortable, uncomfortable thing, like I wouldn't be here if I just took a random yes and no and no you can or yes you can. Like no, you gotta make your own rules, you gotta break the rules. Of course, be smart about what you do and how you do it, but Working hard is cool. Working smart is better. So you could work 10 hours a day or something, or you could be the guy that worked three or four hours or something, but as long as you put your right, your right mind to it to make it move. So break rules in the most comfortable way as possible. Don't take no for an answer. Make your own way of no's then. And uh, um, stay firm.
0: In a book by Chris Voss, it says, "As written by Chris Voss. He was a FBI uh, agent he speaks about, it's called Never Split the Difference. And he speaks about no is the beginning of the conversation, not the end. No is actually a response. So now you can talk your way into yes. So if you get a no, at least they responded to you.
1: Mm. That's real. That's and if real. I, I would give a bunch of screenshots of how many times I tell um, clients I might no, and then they'll ask why. And then like you just said, you have the conversation piece. And I'm the one, again, I'm firm. I break it all down. I'm super firm on things. And that's why I say, stand your ground. And it doesn't just have to mean in my field and anything in life, people are are almost like designed to ask for discounts, to not appreciate things off the rip until you stand firm and let them understand why you are who you are, you you charge your worth is your worth, for whatever it is, for whatever reason. But by default, somebody is going to try to get the cheaper out of you by nature.
0: Yeah, we're not
1: having that no more. <laughs> nope. I've always said this. If somebody asks you and is comfortable enough to ask you for something, you should just be just as comfortable enough to tell them no or yes or your price. It's it's not like you're just randomly popping up on somebody saying, hey, I charge this. Would you like this? Like, no, if someone DMs you, texts you, calls you for something, you can comfortably say this and, and don't feel shy about it.
0: Absolutely. Talk to me about your lowest moment. And not not just talking about gossipy lowest moment. We want to talk about your lowest moment, but not just to talk about it. We want to know how you got up. This is for the people who are dealing with whatever you're about to say in relative process. This was where I was, but this is how I got up, and this is how you continue to keep walking forward.
1: I would say my third season in Dominican Republic, I was playing basketball in DR. And um Ben Wallace. You remember Ben Wallace, obviously, from Detroit. We -hmm. went to the, I went to Virginia Union. We went to the same school, same college. And over the summer, he, um, he seen me play. We was playing a little bit. And uh, he mentioned this guy to me, this coach over in California. And I went, and it was the NBA camp, NBA um, camp in 2006. And the Pistons just won that year. So they didn't need anybody. It was just, it was just the NBA camp going on. But anyhow, played for the coach. Coach is like, hey, you're really good. But we just won the championship. We're not looking for anybody right now, but we'll love to keep an eye on you maybe for next season. Here's my contact, blah, blah, blah. So I go back to next season, Dominican Republic, have an okay year. Randomly he checks on me Um, throughout a couple months later. I'm surprised. Like, oh man, Detroit Pistons, one of their trainers. So I, t- I hit him back and he's like, yeah, man, can't wait. I would love for you to come down next month and uh, train with the team. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, great. Two weeks before that, tore tore everything in my left ACL. Like, completely, completely Mm -hmm. done. So, you are talking about a mental breakdown. Not a physical. That pain was nothing. The mental side of your thinking, I've never been that kind of hurt before. You don't, you're hearing all the stories, torn ACLs, never coming back. Then you hear, okay, some came back, but never the same. You're hearing all this. And my thing was, before I even get to the league, this is what happened to me. Like, who knows if that was the chance or not? So, I'm gonna fast forward a couple of years, and even to this day, a couple of years later, I couldn't watch. Maybe a year or two later, I couldn't watch NBA for almost like a year or two. And I used to, I used to cry, physically cry, when I used to watch a game on TV, just knowing that my speed, my agility, everything changed. I can ball today. I, I play ball. People always ask, will you play for where you play? And in my head is just like, <laughs> you know, it's cool, whatever. But in my head, I know where I'm really supposed to be and where I'm at with things. But that first year or two was mentally draining. I couldn't watch it, right? So I'm um the guy's like the doctors pretty much like, hey, two and a half years, maybe two years, the way I, I tore it. So within that time, I I literally one day I was um, I seen the the basketball and then the other side I had the camera. And I was like, man, what am I gonna do all this downtime? And I looked at the camera and I was like, well, I kind of been shooting. I kind of know a little bit what it is. I had a couple of dollars left. And uh, I made that happen. And I just looked at it like, let me start a company. Now, I know I've been talking real long. Let me let me. No, see no,
0: please, start. we love this. We love this, please, go ahead.
1: So at this time, I'm working a customer service job, um, answering phones, selling calling cards, I believe it was. This is like 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. One of my childhood friends, uh, his name is Mel, he had a bunch of tattoos. So when I'm in the, one of the call centers, we're talking with him and uh, he's in New York, I'm in Virginia at the time. He's like, man, you should shoot my music video. And um, I didn't really have experience at this time. So I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever. So I remember his tattoos, he had like different things going on from like some, across you know, the big cross in Brazil, the uh, the God statue. Mm. He had that. He had the pharaohs. He had a couple different things from different parts of the world. So when I seen the pharaoh, I was like, yo, it would be dope to go to Egypt, just randomly off seeing his tattoo. And I was like, let's go to the pyramids. And he was like, man, eh, whatever, whatever. So that weekend, I ended up looking up the prices. And I gave him the prices and we was like, man, let's try it. Let's do it. So we ended up going to Egypt for a couple days. We shot in Giza. We stood in Cairo, all through Egypt. We did everything. And We finish out, again, I didn't really know what I was doing. We finished out, we head back on a plane and on the flight back, I was just telling him, yo, what if, that was the the topic, what if. Till this day, he texts me sometimes randomly, what if. So I was just telling him what if, and he's like, what? And I was like, what if I take this serious? What if I do this? What if I give this a chance? What if I invest in this? What if I really pursue this? He's looking at it like, man, just, you should try it. What, why not? And I was just like, man, what if? And that was the whole mind as I was going to sleep on that flight, 10 hours, just what if, what if? I get back, I go to my job. And a couple months later, I told my boss I was quitting. I'm gonna go pursue this film career. So she goes, okay, great. You have any experience? I said, no. She says, you got any money saved up for it? I said, no. She says, you know anybody in this field? I said, no. She was like, all right, I'll keep a spot open for you because you'll be here in a couple more weeks. Wow. So I looked at her and I said, "Uh, no, I probably won't. And that was 12 years ago. And I haven't had a job since. You know what I mean? I literally left that job and I've been on the road ever since. So that was my really long to that narrow story. What if? You know what I mean? That's um, what ended up happening.
0: Uh, I appreciate you giving that story and you also giving out the goals of the fact that when one, one door closes another one is open you just have to look around. We have all the tools we need to survive, but some people just don't take the time to look around to see what level of new energy the universe has presented for you.
1: Correct. 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 Have you have you seen a Have you seen the uh the new cartoon movie Soul? Yes. The Jamie voiceover? Yes. Wasn't it a concept that he thought piano was was his life and then finally when he achieved what he thought was the height of that it really wasn't his life what he thought would be his life right you know nobody who ever watched this whoever uh never seen that movie so that def- definitely check that out a good friend yes. right. check yeah.
0: check out soul. it has a great meaning how much we focus on things that are probably not as important as, as it should be and sometimes you can kill yourself trying to get there mentally and physically very true We talk about leaving a legacy, but mostly ignore certain steps. Do you have a will?
1: No, I don't, not as of right now. But my brother made me think about it because he does have it. I never thought about it this young.
0: Now, in terms of youth and conversation, do you think people are afraid to have that conversation because of the content of death?
1: Yes, I believe so. For a very long time, I'm still afraid of death, but for a very long time, I was like petrified of it. I'm okay talking about it now, I'm okay moving around the idea of it and understanding that it is inevitable. There's nothing we can do. But when I was younger, I was really skeptical about it. I used to, um, not to say nightmares, but I wake up at at certain times of the night and just randomly be thinking about it.
0: It's funny. It only takes one time to have that conversation about like a will where you leave your paperwork for people and leave things in place. And it's hard for us to have this conversation. Do you think it's because of our lineage where we're always in survival mode, even when we walk outside, it could be struck down by the people that are sworn to protect us, or just randomly people in the neighborhood who hate our success? Do you think the concept of talking death is the reason why we run away from wills?
1: Yes and no. I think also the reason I say no is because what you just mentioned, let's say on the social media side, right? Growing up, um, every day in the news we heard somebody being killed. It was the norm. And I always said this, even when I was a kid, I used to think, you'll see the news reporter saying, okay, three found dead, and whatever, whatever, whatever. And the Yankees won today, and da da, da. Like, it, it just became normalized. Like, it wasn't nothing. You hear news, and then it's just like, this whatever, until it happened to your own backyard. When it happened in your own backyard, then it's like, okay, it's effective. Other than that, every single day you heard, oh, this person got blown up, or this got, person got mugged. Now with social media, it's in our face 24-7. You know what I mean? So it's really nothing new about the news, but... When you start talking about yourself, your own will, your own family, your own stuff, it's like, whoa, 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 that could happen to me. But you got to start putting yourself in like, yo, we getting older and every day we a target, regardless if we look at it like that or not. So we got to have the right paperwork and the right shit uh, for our family. And then for, for me, last year, I randomly got some notification from Facebook, which I never really pay attention to. And I looked at it and it said, do you want to assign someone a login and I was like why would I want to sign somebody login and I clicked it and it was saying hey if you die is there someone you want to leave behind who can get into your account and it didn't hit me there but the next day I had to really think about that shit like wow mm-hmm. damn and it's crazy mm-hmm. that a Facebook notification made me think about that but that yep. was
0: and, uh, let's sidetrack for a little bit a lot of people don't realize when people die your internet life lives on it's permanent So if you have a a Facebook open, you see people start tagging you on rest in peace every year. They'll tag you rest in peace like you're still around because to them, you kind of still there through the Internet. Yep, it's like having a picture on the wall.
1: Yep, And I'm glad you said that, because even on the options, it acts in the case of death and someone presents a death certificate. They have a 30-day option to wipe your page out completely, or they have an p- option to leave it, like you said, to live on forever. So that's a, a easy thing, because I could see a lot of people wanting to do both. Some people want to, yeah, live on, and they're simply like, no, no, like, my life should be erased. And it's like, it's a tough thing there. But I did see that option there on Facebook when they had
0: that. Wow, wow. <laughs> we got options. <laughs> should there be got, a base? There- I got
1: I got so much on my computer that i would hope i told my brother about this but i would hope god forbid if i go early that he at least comes to grab my files and my folders so that my family for the rest of life that we are here can see everything i have of us
0: wow well you probably need to get somebody working on it build a collage early while you know hire you a, a intern or something.
1: <laughs> I, I made one about 12 13 years ago I started already on a um, on a passing video 13 years ago. And um, my mom, I probably showed about 10 years ago. She was crying, didn't wanna watch. She couldn't finish it. And my sister didn't finish it either. It was about six minutes. At that time, the editing was poor, but they didn't, they didn't finish it. They didn't wanna watch it.
0: I get it, I get it 100%. Should there mm-hmm. be a basic training program amongst men, like a level of education given in our communities outside the school system? And what I mean by that is we just spoke of all the things we watched in the news, but it, it doesn't really hit until it hits home. Should we all know how to communicate? Financial literacy, even changing attire, even if you live in a big city where everybody takes the bus and the train, different attributes and skill sets. Should we have like a basic level inside our communities to make sure that we are trained for the world? Because so many of us walk around lost.
1: I think it should be mandatory like school's mandatory. Mm. I, um, I I still don't fully understand stocks, but mm. I, I basics of stocks. I wish when I was a teenager someone made me, not told me, someone made me understand a stock in a sense of you're gonna understand it, and by the end of the week, a month or whatever, you're gonna tell me which stock you're gonna invest in. Like damn near demanded I looked into that. I wish I understood what a credit score is, just as much as cash in hand, how important that is. I wish it was forced upon us to say, okay, if you are gonna get with this person and y'all yeah, do become a couple, if both of you guys have good credit score, not just one of you guys, just both of you, the the it's just as good as cash, blah, 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 blah. blah. I wish that was forced upon us when I was a teenager. I wish.
0: Yo. You have no idea. Like I'm just firmly getting my feet wet into the stock market and it has been so liberating. It's liberating. You see gains, you have losses, but it's fun just to be there. And had we known about this when we were young, we would have had a hundred shares in Amazon right now.
1: No question, no question. (laughs) (laughs) I tell myself, once I learned the share game and once I learned the plus and minuses and know that you're gonna lose some days and be up some days, I thought to myself, You know how much money over the years, even if we didn't have money, you know, a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars that I could have easily said, okay, if I'm going to have a thousand dollars waiting in my bank, I'll take the risk of leaving a thousand dollars on a share. One day it might go to eight hundred, seven hundred. But the next day you up fourteen, fifteen hundred. Understanding the long game. If I knew that on 10 different companies of shares, a thousand here, a thousand here, a five hundred here, two hundred here we'll be on a yacht having this conversation right now because look
0: absolutely if- hey.
1: <laughs> years ago 30 years ago all got stocks left for them you know what I mean which in our culture that's that's unheard of, unheard of. Yes. you know what I mean look at what like even uh, um, I remember about a year or two ago, this might have been longer when Kanye got Kim Kardashian a couple of stocks from Disney uh, Apple and a couple of things I remember seeing a blog uh, I think it was Shade Room where half our culture was going in on him. And it was like, it was so ignorant because y'all still don't understand what that did, what that does for the next 50, 60, 100 years to come. You know what I mean? Stocks in these major companies. Again, have we known that? Man, it's Listen,
0: for those who are listening right now, when you, when you get into the stock market, you start looking at things differently. What I mean by that is, every time you look at an idea that someone created in their brain, you wonder if they have a stock for that. Whatever you're doing in your life, Whatever camera you're about to buy, whatever light you're about to buy, I wonder if they got a stock for this company. Because if I'm buying it and I think it's the best, that means everyone in my field must think it the best. And this company might be doing pretty good right now. If we, and to side note, real quick for all our minorities listening, we dictate culture, which means in most cases, we dictate the stock market. We yes. know what's going on before every before the big before Warren Buffett does. And the fact that we know. The iced tea and lemonade became Arnold Palmer, but before it was iced tea and lemonade, it was just a hood drink. Understand yep. what I'm saying, people? You can drive the stock market with your street knowledge, and it don't take hundred thousand dollars. It takes five dollars to turn into twenty five dollars. Just be smart. Oh, about abs- it.
1: Absolutely right. And an interview that goes back with Jay Z when he mentioned they asked him why he started Rockefeller Clothing, and his thing was when he seen. he was doing to gucci when he was first wearing gucci and iceberg and all that early 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 days we're talking coogee gucci and iceberg he went to gucci looking for a deal and gucci turned them down and he he thought to himself wow he thought he was going to go in there no question like oh yeah i got the deal and when they turned them down he's looking like you know every time i wear it and i pull or, or i'm on the club or something do you know how many people go buy that same shoe that that same shirt I'm the one driving your market up. So when he realized the power in that, that's what made him go, whoa, I'm gonna stop driving their numbers up. Let me go do this over here. But just to go to say, again, the knowledge of it, just to go like, damn, we're that powerful. Cause we really do dictate what, what can happen. And, and it goes from there because not to say nothing against the Caucasians, the white side, but what one trend that they that they wore, they drove, or they something that it went up other than us. From the cars we drive to the way we, the way we, the thing sneakers we were everything we have drove the market here without thinking about what the back end is. You know what I mean? So we don't
0: even, we don't even know they're betting on us. That's what the have, stock market is. They're betting on us to be like, what you guys coming out with next, huh? We're betting on you. Okay, this is what's going on, and now we have to smarten up and say, well, look at each other and say, this is what you're doing. Oh man, I'm getting behind this with a stock.
1: Yeah. And let's, Again, let's, I, I, it'd be mandatory somehow, some way that we have community service meetings or something like that.
0: You are the first person I've asked that question who said it should be mandatory. And you just opened my brain to a whole nother spectrum, a whole nother diaspora where it should be mandatory that we know how to communicate and have financial literacy and understand stocks and understand real realty, buying land instead of you know, what's renting and buying, the difference between that and and good credit. Absolutely. Let's talk relationships real quick. Now, let me put you in a scenario and I want you to answer this, whether you've been a husband or not. As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Now there's no wrong answer. Just the answer you want to give for yourself.
1: I have not been married. Um, I do want kids. So eventually as I have my kid, I want to have a family. So, with that, I would say, hey, a wife, because that's the goal. That eventually we are set to toe that you gotta have kids, a family, and wife. So I would just say, let me have a great wife.
0: Let's expound upon that conversation. The world has changed. We have more knowledge as you speak. Now the personas and the ideologies and the things they put on us about family and how it should be. Two businesses coming together to come together to have a fan to make kids now everybody doesn't want to be married now can you speak from that perspective where you say you want to have kids but not necessarily go all the way with that type of business agreement can you speak to the lifestyle of that and how important it is for people to understand who they are
1: completely um I've seen so many people, not to say give up their life. I hate to say, because there's a lot of marriages out there that's, that's, that's great and they do their thing. But let's speak about the real numbers, the real numbers of divorce, the real numbers of how many people have to leave their job for locations to go over here. To the, it's, a, it's a million situations on the negative. But of course, obviously, again, you have a million positive. But I can't ever see me giving something up or, or, or asking my significant other to give something up, whether it's for me to move here, me to do this because of love. Love, no, it's like, again, I know this is subjective and all my exes would be like, I hate you. But (laughs) but unless like, we have to move of what's right for the future, meaning careers, meaning this, so if if my girlfriend was to hit me or a wife was to hit me and say, hey, I have to move here or I don't wanna do this because we're here and as a relationship, I'm shipping you myself, go do what you gotta do because you come first, not us, not me. You as an individual, you have to make sure your career is straight, your situation is straight. I'm second and I always tell them that it's not me being selfish, we need to be selfish. And at the same time to better us. So understand who you are, what you are and what we can get to if you get to where you need to get to and I need to get to where I need to get to.
0: I love that perspective are you familiar with dr miles monroe no dr miles if you ever have a chance check this brother out on youtube he's a preacher who since passed but the way he speaks the gospel is metaphorical i I equip him to a jay-z of pastoring he's this he's awesome right he said when he spoke of in the bible he said that god gave man work before woman and that your work should always come first he told Adam to work before he took his rib, so to speak, and made a woman, but he was working and keeping God's land together or keeping his purpose together. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with him when he says work comes before a woman.
1: Yeah, I say it all the time. They hate me for that, but I say it all the time. It's just pure honesty. But it doesn't mean I'm disloyal. doesn't mean you don't respect them. It just means work is work. And work always comes first because that's what drives us and that's what it is.
0: That's what makes a man a man, his work, his purpose. Correct.
1: But then that goes back to be careful what you ask for because every woman wants a hard working man and they get that. And what do they do with it? They don't understand what they ask for.
0: Mm. Now, let's speak hypotheticals. Mm -hmm. What happens when you're someone's preparation, but not their destination?
1: That's a mental thing. You gotta get it right, get it tight. It's on you, you either accept it, you either accept it and keep the moving or just understand that, not to say life is a game, but to understand you a different position in every single one's eyes. In your mother's eyes, you a baby. And the next eyes, you could be somebody's just pimp or whatever it is. Like So in every single person's eyes, you a whole different position. The minute you accept that, you you look at things different.
0: That's a gem right there, I like that. How do I approach a man I have problems with? Establishing the value?
1: we need to put our pride to the side it's okay that if you're wrong first, to open up with an apology and it's okay that if you don't feel you are wrong to state why you don't feel that but be subjective to understand that you can have a conversation even if you feel this person is wrong or not you don't have a you don't have to start off with a certain demeanor you don't have to come off a certain way you just have to be ready to be engaged in a full range conversation
0: that's amazing man you said let lead with an apology and a lot of people need to understand that empathy and leading with an apology is is the recipe for warming someone's heart even if they're completely oh, angry at you
1: question no question i have a i have a thing with this and it helps me in life not just in relationships and anything i have a court of law theory so if me and you have a disagreement and i go okay before i talk with you i this is how i played in my head me and you step in the courtroom I'm the defender, you co-defendant, code whatever, we have our lawyers, we have the jury. If I have enough evidence to prove to the jury that what I'm about to make up, what I'm about to say on my side, if the jury goes, oh, without a doubt, this guy's guilty, you know what I mean? Then I look at it like, no, I'm good. But if, if one person on the jury goes, mm, Alex, like, mm, I can see where this argument can go this way because of this, this, this is not enough evidence. Then I have to tell myself, ah, I see their perspective. Let me either go in with an apology or go in with an open mind to listen now because in my head, I play from an outside perspective. You have to look, is the jury beyond a doubt going to say guilty or not guilty? And that's what, how, that's what leads me into good conversation or, or how it goes from there. The court of law theory.
0: Quarter, hey, you heard it first here. The court of law theory by Alex Acosta. Validation from yourself. It's like you win a championship when you ascend to your higher self, but do you consistently defend the title? And what I mean by that is for you right now, are you operating at 100%? Are you challenging yourself to be better every day and be better than the last versions of yourself?
1: I think it's cliche that everybody's gonna say yes. The number one way I do it, whether if I feel like it or not is results. What did you gain different from this year to last year? What does the result say from this win to that win? Every championship is different for LeBron and Jordan for different reasons. They had an injury this year. They had a trade this year. Whatever reason, every championship is different. So every year that I had a plateau that I had an accomplishment, what does the result say about it? And what does the result say about me? So every single height of a new relationship, of a new situation, I gained so much from that. So my results show why why I'm still doing what I do and why I do what I do.
0: I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what that is, is I take five categories and give them 20% each. And I every day give myself an average and then I sum it all up with an average after six or seven days. Like you said, micromanaging your life just get results. I have purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Each of them representing 20%. Within the last 24 hours, Mr. Acosta, how much percentage do you think you're operating out of purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge?
1: Each one of those I had every single day. But um, within the last 24 hours, I would say that I'm in the process now of uh, buying my first home. So within that, you have to think the financial side of it off off the rip. Then from there, it's like, okay, what's the long game of it? What am I looking to plan to do um, I'm, cause every, every day I go to the gym. So first thing in mind, these are dry fits. So I just put a fresh one on, um, just, just, just earlier today from the gym. Wear. So health, that's, that's all day yeah. purpose. What are we all doing this for? What's the point of waking up? What's the point of having a career? What's the point of wanting to see your mother, your father, whoever happy? What's the purpose of it? So with it all, every single day, my mind goes to everything you just mentioned, but just within the last 24 hours in particular, yes, all that came about and
0: yeah, I can say that you've been working. I saw your Instagram, but you always constantly in uh, pushing people to show exercise, to show yep. strength, enlightenment, and and health. Before we go, please tell us what exercise and health and wealth in that particular spectrum means, should mean to someone.
1: I think um, what hit me when I was younger is Asians. And this is what I mean by Asians. When I looked up who lives the longest in the world, it's Asians. And I had to figure out why. And I didn't didn't understand why at the time. Then I like, one thing I noticed was like, hey, they eat a lot of steamed rice, right? So then I Googled, what's the benefits in steamed rice versus fried rice? Cleaner, um, and mind you, because at this time, outside of sumo wrestlers, I played a joke in my head was, have you ever really seen a chubby Asian person, right? I'm talking like really out of shape Asian if they wasn't a purposely sumo wrestler. And then I thought to myself, and I always see them eat rice. And I was like, how are they not so big? But everybody I know who's Asian eats like a, a, a tons of rice. So I had to look up why steamed rice was better than that and the way it's cooked and blah, blah, blah. So that's one. So then I'm like, nah, that can't be the only thing it Is, And then the number one thing I realized, especially me going to Asia a few times was exercise. So if you look at anybody from the 70, 80, 90, 100 year old range, they're still walking outside every day with their canes. And we're not talking jump ropes and jumping jacks. No, just the fact of movement where you look at in our culture, 50, 60, 70 years old, our aunts and our grandmothers and our grandfathers, they're stuck in the house all day. And they literally we have all their grandchildren doing errands for them and running around. They might walk up to they might walk to the fridge. They might walk to get the remote but they're not actually out and about moving their body and their bones. So after a couple of years, you become crippled, you become this, you just stay like this now. And yet you got people in Asia, 80, 90, 100 years old, walking miles a day and going back and forth on bikes and everything. So I was just like, yo, what are we we doing to ourselves? So let me focus on this. Let me make sure we live a long, healthy life. And what I can do as far as healthy and hopefully, Die of natural causes from years and years and years from now. I was like, "Well, shit. At least I can do is work my body out." So that was just a small, small percentage of, of what drew me.
0: But it's amazing just to bring it all back how you how you felt about death as a kid, how you looked at other people's lives. I never thought about googling who who lives the longest. Now I'm be using Google a whole different way because the internet is endless. But if you don't think yeah. about it, you won't have it.
1: I I Google something at least six, seven times a day. I can't tell you for how many years I've been doing it. At least the random, I'll be driving, brushing my teeth, playing basketball. The most random thought will pop in my head. And later on, I either Google it and I'll figure it out.
0: Before you go, you got to give us at least two things. You've Googled some information. You got to give us two.
1: The joke one that I did the other day was that no one with their tongue could touch their elbow. Like it's regardless how you do it. There's only like one or two people who have actually like a ridiculously longer tongue than than normal can actually do it. But for the most part, you can't. That's on some funny shit. Um, then, like, I'm a historical person, so I look at what years the Empire State Building built. What year did uh, um, Statue of Liberty, uh, people start coming over. Um, I'm a huge history person, so I'm looking at, okay, with like the movie Troy. All right, what was it back then that really caused the war? Not just from the movie perspective, as directors want to hype everything up for entertainment. What was the real cause of it? What was this, this, that? So I'm huge on... Doing knowledge on Google, you know, what I mean, really re- reading this. What was the 1800s like? What was the early 1900s like? What was the first ice cream? What was the first sandwich? Shit like that. Frosted Flakes and uh, uh, Corn Flakes. Did you know those were two brothers?
0: No, I didn't know that. One
1: was the original? They the two brothers and they had a they had a fight. He wanted the one of the brothers wanted the recipe, so they went they, they didn't agree. He went across the street, opened up his own situation, and started Frosted Flakes. So in the Kellogg's family, they're both Kellogg's, but they were actually two brothers. You know what I mean? So looking like that was just like, all right, cool. Heinz ketchup, you know what I mean? The history behind Heinz. So when I eat ketchup, I purposely buy Heinz, like almost like the same buy the black dollar, but also because Heinz, I knew what he fought for and represented. You know what I mean? During that time of the early, early, late 1800s and all that stuff, what he did. So learning certain things was like, all right, cool. Let me open my mind to things. And as I drive, I look at it and I look stuff up.
0: You're Going to be a great guy in this stock market because that's what the fun part I love. I love history too, but I love looking up these companies and seeing their lineage.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no, that's true. And uh, um, recently I've been putting my money towards uh, this is partly a side note because um, a little biased, but Celsius, the Celsius, the energy drink. Um, flow rider, he has a, a um, he's part of the company, has some good stocks in it. So as I see. His numbers and everything going up is like, all right, cool. Well, shit, that's like inside trade right there. If, if he's doing, it, let, me, let me. I don't got a lot right of money, but let me at least let me figure it out and try yeah. it out. Which is another thing that with my clients, um, the X amount of not to be on some cocky boasting thing, but the X amount of millionaires I'm around to hear to hear their conversations of stocks and to, and, and and of real estate. And and uh, um, and funding this and funding that and not to ever come home and try it on your own would be foolish, you know. What I mean, there's no way all these years I could be around all this money and just come home and wait for the next phone call for my next check. Like, no, hell no.
0: Listen, we on the flip side, when you're around people who are bad for your circle, you they they associate you and say, oh, you need to stop hanging around. But when you're hanging around with people who have prestige and growing and doing things, you have every right to celebrate that and talk about that because this is your life. And you know what, you are a poster board for someone who is trying to achieve the same thing. People are Googling you right now.
1: That's real. And I, and I, man, I'm just thankful and grateful is all I say. I do get a lot of messages on Facebook and Instagram and my texts, surprisingly, which still surprises me to this day, but sometimes it's paragraphs of how people follow me for years and things like that. And I, I take time to answer each person. And more surprisingly too, a lot of times it's aunts and uncles on Facebook of someone I went to middle school with or somebody I went to high school with and they just telling me, hey, I seen you as a kid now to see you where you at. It's inspiring. Or my nephew, I, I make him follow your page. Every time I read one of those, it's like, damn, I just wake up every day and just do what I do. Not to know that people really look at my life as that. That's the crazy part.
0: Man, I, it's an honor and a blessing to see your journey myself. And I'm just so happy that you decided to come on the show and share your knowledge. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It's people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we like to get a referral for the show. Someone you feel can come and drop some gems and we can interview to get on solutions. You got a name for us today or several names, we don't care.
1: Uh yeah, I would say the person who put me in this game of the video world, I would say his, his name is Broadway All Day. He did all early 50 Cents videos. So all 50s videos for the first about 10 years of his career had to do with my boy. Oh, wait. My bad. Had to do with my boy, Broway. So he has a great spectrum of how he looks at life. So not just on the video world, but he's a very entertaining person to talk to. So he has a lot of knowledge. He's a little older than me, and he taught me a lot. So... He's definitely a person.
0: Broadway all day. We want to see you on this show. We hope that you can connect us and we can get this thing going.
1: I definitely can. And I it. And thank you for taking your time. And I do appreciate you asking me these questions. This is probably one of the best interviews I had with the most honest and the best questions, I would say. It was actually questions that matter and not just the typical thing about life
0: man i appreciate that man we're really working hard like for these gems anyone listening i hope we encouraged your life help you get out of a situation or gave you knowledge to give the next person next to you who's going through something yes sir alex before you go today please leave some knowledge information a way they can find you give a tip about who you are because before before anyone i tell anything about anyone who they are in the show i like to just have the man first and your journeys and your experiences talk first. And at the end of the show, we like to reveal, or if you feel like telling people, or have them come look you up on Google, please let us know who you are, what you got going on.
1: I'm a very simple man. One plus one again equals two, then you stick with it. I don't, I don't, start, I don't shy away from it, I don't stir away from it. I'm a very simple man, I get the job done. Some of my pros and cons all comes down to one thing, I'm very proactive. So if we have a good conversation about something, I'm gonna act on it. If you don't want to act on a good on something good in life, don't introduce it to me because I'm very proactive. Other than that, my Instagram, I'm sure you'll have some handles here on the edits. But if not, it's Mr. Alex Acosta. Um man, Google, Twitter, every everywhere, everywhere in the world you want to check it out, just Alex Acosta, but um. I'll leave it at that, man. I appreciate you again. And don't take no for answer, world. Do not take no. Break every door you have to break down to make sure you get the results you want.
0: Absolutely. This has been Solutions. I appreciate you, bro. Shout out to the BX. (laughs)
1: Hey, holly.